Welcome to the Evaluating Biopharma podcast, where we meet with the top experts in the field to deconstruct challenges and opportunities that they've each experienced in order to provide you with real-world practical advice and knowledge to help in your own work and to see things a little bit differently. I'm your host, Ben Lockwin, and it's my pleasure today to get the chance to meet with Dr. Santosh Khatwani, Director of Analytical Development at Sangamo Therapeutics, and to chat all about the impurities in gene therapy processes. Welcome, Santosh. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Ben. I'm glad to be here. And thanks to Evaluate uh, Biopharma for inviting me. I'm glad to be here and, and speaking with you. If you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience a brief background on yourself before we get started. Certainly. Uh, so thank hello everyone. Uh, as Ben introduced, my name is Santosh Khatwani. Uh, I got my doctorate in chemistry from University of Kentucky, uh, followed by my postdoctoral fellowship at the University of Minnesota. And after that, I moved to California and have worked through several companies, uh, uh, most notably uh, recently Sangama Therapeutics, uh, Ask Bio Pharmaceuticals, and Bamra Bio, which is now part of a uh, official uh, scientific umbrella of companies. Over my career, I have worked on several different modalities, uh, primarily in gene therapy as well as the cell therapy, but also I focused on primarily on viral vectors, including AAV, LNT virus, and adenovirus. Most of my experience is in analytical development and primarily using AAV as a viral vector delivery system. So most of you will be hearing from me is primarily is a, is a part of my learning curve through the, through the years and also uh, what my experiences have taught me. So uh, again, glad to be here and thanks for joining us. All right. So let's get started. First, to set the stage on all this, can you explain to our audience why impurity clearance is so important in gene therapy specifically? So in gene therapy, uh, as we know, these are new modalities. So manufacturing processes are still under scrutiny and we still haven't understood them fully well. And part of what makes it uh, complicated is the, the process understanding and in terms of product understanding, as well as the impurity clearance. Now, as uh, uh, impurity, the name let's say it suggests that these are uh, unwanted materials that are present in the product, and uh, as a part of the manufacturer's responsibility is to ensure that these are as low as possible to, to cause any detrimental effect for patient safety. So that's why it is very critical to ensure the process uh, does clear clear impurities that could be potentially unwanted in the product. Now, however, every manufacturing process evolves over time, so it takes time to understand uh, the process capability. So there are several tools that one can use to, to, to measure the process capability in terms of impurity clearance. So there are uh, several that we'll go through in this today's discussion, but the, the importance of impurity cannot be understated. Uh, like I mentioned, it is an important aspect to, to evaluate and to see if there are some impurities that can potentially cause uh, immunotoxicity, uh, genotoxicity for, for, for animals uh, or for patients in the future. So that's uh, one of the reasons we, we have to spend quite a bit of time in understanding the process itself. Great. Thank you. So let's talk about these impurities then. So how would the audience go about identifying impurities and know whether they're from the product, from the process, or from the host cell? So uh, great, great question. Uh, see, so let's take an example of AAV as a delivery vehicle. So AAV is a, a, a eicosahedral uh, 
molecule, which is uh, about five to six megadalton. So the huge uh, complexity of the molecule is uh, it's part of the reason that there are different types of impurities. The manufacturing of AAV is, uh, is uh, pretty complicated. So uh, there are different types of system being used right now. And that's what causes the, some of those process-related impurities to be in the product. Uh, and also some of the, these are viral vectors. So uh, mainly these are produced in uh, cell, cell-based systems. Uh, so again, there are host cell-based impurities that can uh, correlate with the product. And finally, since these are complex products, these can over time degrade or aggregate or get modified uh, in, in the storage or transport or shipping. So I think these are the certain uh, aspects that we have to know how the product is after a certain time, so over stability. So there are different types of impurities one must understand as a part of the product knowledge as well as process knowledge. Now, how yeah. do we go about it? So they, there are, we obviously one can do a, a systematic evaluation based on the process itself on, on the paper, the paper based exercise, what system, uh, what production system we are using uh, in terms of wholesale, or the uh, process-related ingredients that are being used. So you can look into each one of those and discuss this and see to see which ones are more likely to be correlated to the product or more likely to cause any issues for the patient's safety. So based on that, you can risk rank and appropriately and then identify which ones are most critical and less critical. And then you can uh, develop uh, analytical tools to measure them more accurately and precisely. So you can follow the uh, the paper exercise, followed by your actual experience of the product manufacturing, and also your long-term evaluation of the product and process will uh, allow you to understand what are uh, some of these impurities from product-related or process-related or even host-related are actually in the product and how accurately you can measure them and are, how are they below expectation of the, the process capabilities. Great. So in addition to some of those approaches, do you have any other tips on the best ways to understand how good your process really is or isn't? The one aspect that I would highly recommend is to use uh, orthogonal approaches. So uh, having an accurate and precise analytical tool is important. However, each analytical tool has a certain uh, um, advantages, also disadvantages. Every method has a, a true limitation. Uh, so one method doesn't give entire information about the, the critical quality attributes for a particular impurity. So uh, using multiple different analytical methods, which use a different principle or different detection mechanism or different measurement systems are good to use. So you have information from multiple uh, different aspects for the same critical quality attribute. And then you can assess that uh, overall information in holistic way to really engage if your process is performing to its fullest capacity and also what is the consistency of the process. So relying on one method, uh, it may not be um, good enough in the long term. So I would definitely recommend as additional tools, you may want to develop additional methods, not necessarily for a batch release, but more of the characterization, understanding of the product and process and develop a holistic view of the critical quality attribute. Great. And when you're conducting these analyses, is there a good way to know what to look for when and prioritizing by phase? 
I think that's, that's a, again, another great question. We we obviously have to you know assess uh, uh, from a paper based exercise, as I mentioned earlier, which one which impurities are more likely to be present in the product or more likely to, to leach into the product, and also what is criticality of detection, uh, and also the impact on the potential safety. So you can use multiple um, parameters to assess uh, each and every impurity that possibly can be present. And risk, risk assessing and identifying those at the beginning would help you plan a, a long-term uh, execution of those studies. Now, obviously, there are certain impurities that you want to assess as soon as possible that uh, potentially can cause severe uh, safety issues. And those are uh, necessary even before uh, uh, human studies uh, are conducted. Uh, but there are certain impurities that may be critical, but as less critical as then the safety issues, then you may want to spread those out, spread those out over different phases of the development. Uh, for example, uh, wholesale protein-related impurities. If there are certain impurities from wholesale that are known to be uh, causing immunogenicity, you obviously want to ensure that you have good control on those as early as possible. While there are certain other impurities which may not be as critical as that particular protein, then you can leave those out for subsequent phases of the development. And same applies to the DNA-based impurities. If there are certain oncogenic genes that you may see present in the product early on, then obviously you want to ensure your process can be modified or can be improved upon before you, know, you, you go conduct uh, any clinical trials and keep the remaining uh, lesser uh, critical impurity uh, evaluation um, to the uh, to the after the clinical trials have started again these are recommendations that we have to assess the the risk level and also the safety issues associated with the each and every impurity as well as um, what levels of those are present and what levels can actually cause the the the, the issues that, that I was speaking earlier. So it has to be holistic uh, understanding before you uh, progress to your uh, the plan for manufacturing process, uh, improvement or, or subsequent uh, clinical development of the product. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And how would you go about choosing, uh, <clears throat> I guess, the best approach to me measure process attributes? So best me best ways to measure process attributes it will be to, to have historical knowledge um av has been in, you know in, uh, produced by several you know industry and academic institutions for, for many years so there are there is a knowledge available through the literature there are several products approved already so there is a quite a bit of information available what are the impurities uh, that are typically being investigated for some of these products so that is a good source to start and uh, start assessing uh, which ones are relevant to the process for the particular sponsor and also for the product. Now, the impurity that are based on the product uh, knowledge, also product stability and degradation, that can only come from the once you start making the, the product uh, at early stage and, um, and having a plan to, to study over time. So that that has to be relied based on your own experience. And that takes time and also to develop uh, proper tools to, to really investigate those. Uh, for example, there's, if there's aggregation over time, uh, you could only learn once you make the product and investigate the study in your own 
um, in your own uh, forums. So that's that's something uh, you can plan accordingly based on the the, the phase that the, the molecule that is in currently right now and what the risk is being uh, what the risk is and what kind of aggregation levels there are currently and you know so what conditions are causing those aggregations. So that's just an example. So you have to evaluate you know, case to case scenario. Uh, how to uh, deal with a particular quality attributes. But there are several quality attributes, so there's not just one. Um, so it's, you have to uh, make sure that you assess the right attributes at the right time. And then again, goes to risk assessment I was speaking of earlier. The other way will be to, to uh, basically partner with the other laboratories that uh, have expertise in evaluating certain quality attributes. So you have uh, you can split the, the workload also and get the information sooner than uh, doing everything on, on your own. So that also gives you a uh, sort of a, uh, uh, a data set that you, know, you can make uh, decisions for your process sooner than later. Right. Yeah. And and sooner is virtually always better than later as far as that's concerned. Of course. Yeah. I mean, these, some of these impurities can be really challenging to remove from the process or also could be potentially really um, problematic for safety concerns. So sooner that you know, you have time to improve the process and implement and the 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 implement the improvements before you know it gets too late. So sooner is always the better. But obviously, you want to have uh, you know, essential tools to really evaluate that early on. So I always emphasize uh, the analytical tools are uh, always always necessary before any uh, process uh, improvements are to be done because you have to measure the improvements in a more more logistic way and also more accurate way so you are making proper decisions so if you don't have good analytical tools you may not be able to understand the improvements are really actually improving the process or they are not changing the process at all so that's why i really emphasize the focus on the analytics it has to be a lot more than it, it, it's typically seen in across the field yeah and i like how you've really taken a holistic approach to look uh, looking at all of that so all right, final question for you then. Regarding data, process data are everywhere. What are some best practices you can share to leverage data to their fullest potential to improve your processes? For data, uh, one, one, one but I would use as much as data possible, uh, more data, uh, the better. Uh, it, it allows you to have a more holistic view of how the process is performing. Now, more data can be obtained from uh, uh, same batch or multiple batches uh, across different analytical tools, uh, different methods. So that gives you a better understanding of how is really the process performing and also how good is really our product. So once you have a good amount of data, obviously there are several tools you can use to, to, to map the data uh, and also isolate any outliers. So there are several statistical softwares available or, or different tools available to really look at the distribution of the data and to, to see is the data telling us something that we don't know uh, we didn't know before so that is a really critical uh, way to assess the first uh, you know pass of the data and of course you want to as, uh, isolate the and remove the outliers and again you have to have rational um, uh, decision making and why those are outliers and not necessarily the 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 main uh, behavior of the process. 
uh, after that, you know, you you obviously want to assess the data in terms of what is the capability based on that data set. And there are different ways to calculate the, um, the process capability in terms of impurity clearance or, or product uh, impurity levels. So use appropriate statistical uh, range system to, to say this is my process capability and, and try to achieve that or improve uh, that uh, for consistency purposes. And for the product quality, uh, obviously, we want to make sure that the product has a, as low as possible impurity. So uh, as you can improve the processes, hopefully it further reduces the impurity levels so that it generates an even better product. So, so those are some of the statistical tools I would also recommend once you have a good amount of data. But again, none of those will, will be, will be um, you know, useful if we don't have a data uh, to map against. Uh, and that's one of the challenges I see across the cell engine therapy field that we don't have enough data around our manufacturing process. And uh, some of the times, uh, you know, sponsors are, are looking to change the process to, you know, uh, and also not having enough experience in the current process. So it becomes very difficult to uh, to really map all the data if if we constantly keep changing the process or even the product. So that limits the statistics that you can use and also in any inference you can generate from the, the, the past historical data. Nevertheless, the, the data uh, is always helpful than not having the data, but it is just uh, uh, difficult to interpret the data if you have constant change in the processes. So I would definitely recommend uh, keeping the process uh, as consistent possible, minimize the changes. So you have to really plan your early process very carefully so you don't change uh, that often. And also take a, a in, a leverage information that has been available in the literature, what what people have done, uh, what are their products, uh, how are they being made, and what issues they have seen in the manufacturing process. So obviously using that knowledge will help you design your first pass of the process much sooner and much, much quickly, so you don't have to uh, make, make those changes uh, on a routine basis. Uh, so that's that's uh, some of the things I would recommend for uh, data or best, practice, best practices uh, for data analysis or collection of data and moving forward to the newer set of the processes in the product uh, manufacturing. Yeah, that's a good teaser and, and a call to action there for the industry to get better data uh, uh, describing manufacturing processes. And I think that's a good set of thoughts to end this on. Thank you very much for your time, Santosh. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today and, and dipping a little bit into some of your vast knowledge in this space. Thanks again for your time and your expertise. Thanks, everyone. And thank you, Ben, for again having me here. And and uh, hopefully what I what I spoke about is, uh, is a primer to the information that everybody could, everyone can use. And hopefully, you know, we all uh, can learn together to make uh, better processes and products in the future. Thank Brilliant. you, everyone. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please visit www.evaluatingbiopharma.com to access the on-demand video and to download the summary article. You can also access the Evaluating Biopharma content archive. Sign up for our newsletter and register to attend an upcoming Evaluating Biopharma virtual networking event. Feedback or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you.